0: Good morning. Good morning. This morning, a lot of things are going wrong. The mic wasn't working. The PowerPoint, the, the network was down from the power outage. So, so I'm, I'm happy everything is here. Everything's going good. So praise God for that. Uh, this morning, at the title of my message, I, I think it might be in the bulletin, is uh, "Loving God when, when Times Are Tough." You know, it's easy to love God when, when times are easy, when, when things are going smooth. But how do we love God when? are difficult. And, and we're going through some difficult times here. Uh, we can all say that together. Times are hard. Th- things aren't normal. They're, they're not as we're used to them being. Uh, let's start off this morning with a word of prayer. We pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for today. Father, thank you for this church. Thank you for the congregation. Father, those that are here and those that are home watching online. Father, I thank you for each and every one of them. Father, I ask that you bless each one. Father, I, I pray that you would open the, the hearts and the minds and the ears of those that are listening, Father, that, that your words this morning would, would be heard and they would be received and, and that they would be applied. Father, we love you we thank you for Jesus. We pray this in his holy name. Amen. So this morning, I want to start off by having a little bit of interaction with you. I, I want you just to throw up a hand if this applies to you. I'm going to ask you some questions about some things that you love or you may love, you may not love them, but if you love them, just throw up a hand, okay? It's kind of, we're going to kind of work together on this. Uh, number one, do you love your favorite food? Well, it's our favorite food, so yeah, we love it. Some of us, we love all foods, so it doesn't really apply. Uh, I, have, I have many favorite foods. Uh, how many of you love going on vacation? Oh yeah, I love going on vacation because that means I get to miss a week of work, and, and that kind of goes into um, our next question. Do you love your job? <laughs> wow, some of you actually do like going to work. That's awesome. Um, do you love your car? Some of you love your car. We had a lot less hands on first service. Um, how about our pets? Do we love our pets? For some of us, are we love our pets more than we love our own children. Which goes into our next question. Do you love your children? You're not all raising your hands. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I understand we've been in a quarantine, and you may not like them as much as you used to, but I mean, we still love our children, right? Uh, Children, this is your chance to get back. Do you love your parents? Two hands, all right. That's great. Um, Do you love your freedom? How many of you love the freedom that we have living in the United States? Absolutely. Absolutely. in your careers, it kind of goes with the job, you know, uh, we love our careers, and do you love your spouse? I hope to see all the hands of the adults going up in this We love our spouses, amen. Uh, so what is it about these things that causes us to say yes? I love that, or I love this, I, I, I love them. What is it about these things? Is it a feeling that we get inside? Maybe when we see our spouse or our kids, we get the warm, fuzzy feeling inside, or, or maybe it's a desire that we just want to go all out. We want to do everything that we can for that person because we love them so much. Or maybe for some of you, it, it's somewhere in the middle. It's not this or it's not that, but it's, kind of, it's stuck somewhere in the middle of the two. And the truth is, is that we're all able to say that we love. The question I have for you this morning is, what do our actions say? For how we love. I want you to imagine this morning. Just get this visual that somebody was going to follow you around for a whole year, and they were going to be invisible to you, and they could see everything that you were going to do. Well, almost everything. And then at the end of that year, they were going to give a report on what your actions said. About how we love what would that report look like have you ever felt or or even said the words if you love me then you wouldn't have done that or if you love me you wouldn't have said that to me or, or about me you one of the things that that being stuck in our homes through this quarantine it has done it, it's it's tested our love for each other. Because if we're honest with ourselves for just a moment, our our tempers have probably flared from time to time. Our tempers have flared at our children because maybe they haven't listened to what we've told them to do. Or maybe our children's tempers have flared at us because, because we've been a little more bossy than we usually are. Or maybe, women, maybe your husbands have been a little more lazy than what you're used to. It's in those times that we need to remember what the Word of God says. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8, and this is a a well-known scripture. It's a scripture that I'm sure Tim has used many times in in preaching weddings. And I've used this scripture in preaching weddings. It talks about love, and it says this. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. It always protects. Always trusts. Always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. For some of you here this morning being in this quarantine has caused you to to be home by yourself and it may have tested your commitment to purity, the things that you watch, the things that you allow to come into your minds, possibly the, the people that you spend time with, people that you've allowed into your homes. It's in these times that we need to recall the words of Jesus when he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments sometimes, because of our own actions, our our love for God can seem somewhat out of focus, out of place, kind of blurred. The question this morning, how does my sin, my repentance, and my love for God, and God's love for me, how do they all relate together? About a month or so ago, maybe a little more than a month, we celebrated Easter. it wasn't the way in which we wanted to celebrate because we weren't able to assemble together as as a church, as a congregation as as a family, but we did celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and God demonstrated his love and and his power in such a remarkable way when he allowed his son to be murdered on a cross and Jesus it said he he was buried in a tomb and Three days later, he he rose from the dead. Because of this, he he promises salvation and eternal life to all who would call on his name. All who would accept him and believe in him. Wouldn't it it be awesome if in that moment, that moment when you called on the name of Jesus, and you asked him into your life, you, you asked him in your heart, you were baptized wouldn't it be awesome if in that moment you were instantly changed into perfection and, and, and you left this earth and you went straight to eternity? I often think about how it would be great just to, just to leave this, this earth and go home to eternity. That's not God's plan for us. That's not God's will for our lives. You see, We have some plain, ordinary living that God still wants us to do. We have to be slowly transformed right here, right where we are, so that others can see Christ living in us. You know, I I think oftentimes, those who are Christian, the the things that stick out to them are are, are the times in our lives where we blow it. The times in our lives where where we mess up big and, and we sin, Against God. I mean, they don't look at the times where where maybe we go to serve at the homeless shelter or at the food kitchen. They don't remember the times where they were in need of of food and and we gave them money out of our own wallet to help them. But oftentimes it's the times where we mess up. It's the times where we blow it that sticks in their minds. It, it, It creates a lasting memory for them. Peter had seen the resurrected Christ. But like us, Peter still had some plain, ordinary living to do in this world. Let me introduce you to Peter this morning. See, when Jesus was alive, he picked 12 ordinary men. And I would imagine that they were like some men that we have here in our church this morning. There was nothing special about these men. They were just ordinary guys who who worked hard for a living. But Jesus selected 12 men that were going to be his closest disciples. They were going to follow Jesus where he went. Jesus was going to to teach them, them, and, and they were going to watch Jesus and learn how he ministered to people. And out of those 12 men, Jesus chose three. And he said, these three men are going to be my closest disciples. These three guys, I'm going to give special gifts to, special spiritual gifts. And I'm going to, I'm going to devote my time more to these guys. But out of those three men, he chose one man. He chose Peter, Simon Peter. Now he's going to spend more time with them. And, and he told him, Peter, I'm going to make you the leader. I'm going to put you in charge of these 11 other guys and, and, and you're going to be the leader among these guys. And not only that, you're going to be crucial in the development of my church. See, Peter loved Christ. Peter committed his life to Jesus in, in serving him and in doing what, what Jesus desired of him. Then one day Jesus came to Peter and, and Jesus told him, he said, Peter, when I'm arrested, You and the other 11 guys, you're going to ditch me. You're going to leave. You're not going to stick around for me. Peter's response to Jesus, he said, not me. Not me. I'm not going to leave you. He said, if these other guys leave, if they run away, I'm going to stick by your side. I'm going to stay right here through everything. And and Lord, if they take you to jail, they're going to have to go through me first. Jesus looked at Peter and he said, brother, I, I feel you. But before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. In other words, what what Jesus is saying to Peter here, he's saying that your love for me is not as strong as you desire for it to be. Sometimes when we make our commitment to follow God, we don't understand that, that God's way of doing things is not always going to line up with the way that we want to do. And we might find ourselves in a a situation saying to do that would be stupid because nobody's going to get through me without a fight. And that's what's happening here with Jesus and his disciples. Because that night the mob arrived to arrest Jesus, and and as they did, everything was about to go down. And one of the the disciples said, Lord, should we draw our swords and should we fight back? And in my mind, I'm playing this out. And what I'd like to see happen is Jesus turns to his disciples and said, Men, it's party time. And then in the background, we hear some of the kung fu fighting music going on. And and, and they get ready, and they go, and and, and they bust these guys up. But that's not exactly what happened here. Peter reaches out his sword. Peter swings at the man and he chops his ear off. But instead of Jesus saying, guys, let's, let's fight back. Let's, let's, let's do this. Jesus says, stop. Put away your swords. And Jesus reaches down and he grabs the ear of the man that Peter cut off and he puts it on his head. And it says that he healed the man. See, when the disciples saw that they were willing to risk their lives for Jesus and and Jesus wouldn't let them fight, they they were out of there. They didn't want to have any part. They they must have thought, look, if if he's going to give up without a fight, then that's on him. They didn't understand that because Jesus loved them, that he was willing to fight a greater fight through submission to the Father See, because he wasn't concerned with simply winning an earthly battle, and Peter couldn't understand this. Peter couldn't understand why Jesus would just give up so easily without a fight, because he knew that Jesus had power to do miracles, and if, if Jesus wanted to, he could have summoned twelve angels, twelve thousand angels, to be at his side, at his disposal to fight for. And when they took Jesus away, Peter followed at a distance to see what would happen to Jesus. But instead, he found out what would happen to Peter. My friends, has has Jesus done something or, or not done something that's confused you? So now you're following him at a distance just like Peter. See, Peter tried to fit in with the crowd. He he tried to mingle with the crowd, and then somebody lit a fire to keep warm, and and, and a woman looked at Peter, and and she recognized him, and she said, you were with him. I recognize you. You you were with Jesus. But Peter denied it, he said, woman, I I don't know that man. I've never seen him before. I I don't know who that is. A little bit later, someone recognized Peter and said, you was also with him. Peter said, man, I was not. It was not me. I, I was not with that man. I don't know who that man is. After hanging out with this group for about an hour, Peter kept talking, and, and the more he talked, the more they picked up on his northern accent, and, and somebody said, you most certainly were with that, were with Jesus because you are from Galilee. To prove his point this time, Peter says, I swear to you, And if I'm lying, let me be cursed. I don't know this man that you're talking about. And no sooner did Peter get the final words out of his mouth when in the distance he heard the crow of a rooster. See, everything that Peter swore that he wouldn't do, he he did it. He denied Jesus three times. And Peter looked at Jesus from a distance and and Jesus looked back at Peter, and in that moment, they locked eyes in a moment of truth. And if if looks could could speak, I, I wonder what words would have been said in that moment. The, the Bible says that Peter just fell apart, and, and he, he went away and he wept bitterly. You see, Peter was trying to, to figure out where his love had gone. And I wish I, I could feel as deeply as, as Peter did in the moments that I've denied Christ because I can honestly say to you that I've, I've never wept bitterly in my denials of Jesus. In the times that I've turned my back on God, I, I've never felt that pain, that, that agony of denying my Savior. You know, as, as we try to follow Jesus at a distance and we try to blend in with the crowd, our, our love for Him is slowly going to fade away? Will we admit that we're in the wrong place and, and repent as, as Peter did or will we just keep on pretending that nothing has really even changed? Some of you here this morning may, may have been in Peter's shoes in which your whole world is just crumbling down around you. Nothing's going right. Every Everything's falling apart. Things have changed so much and nothing is familiar to you. Because the truth is that none of us expected us to be in this quarantine for as long as we have. Nobody has expected this this COVID-19 virus to steal away our freedoms and take everything that that we've ever worked for. Some people in this world never expected that their businesses would, would collapse right in front of them. That they would lose everything. Some of you here this morning may know people or may yourself be facing a financial collapse if this doesn't all end here very soon. Some of you are afraid of losing everything that's precious and dear to you. And, and you, don't even, you don't even know how you got into this place where you're at right now. And being together has, has shown you how far you have drifted from each other and your spouse's. Because when you woke up, and it was just another day, but now your life seems forever changed in a direction that you neither wanted it or expected it to go. And you can't believe that this is actually happening to you. Like Peter, you thought that your faith in Jesus was stronger than it is, and, and your faith is, is just not where it used to be. You may be wondering, this moment, does God really love me? Can God forgive me for the times that I've turned my back on Him? For the times that I've chosen a different direction that was my own and it, it, it was not His? Can God forgive me for that? When Jesus rose from the dead, He, he appeared to His disciples, and I imagine the disciples were probably overjoyed. They, they were probably so happy but Jesus didn't stay. He appeared twice, and, and then he disappeared again. You see, there was this ongoing strain that was in the relationship of Peter and Jesus. Maybe some of you here this morning know what it feels like to have let somebody down. But you haven't had a chance to go to that person and talk about things fix it. Maybe you were you were in an argument and you haven't gotten the chance to, to fully resolve things with that person. I mean, you can feel happy for that person and the things that they're doing, but you just don't feel a connection anymore because of the break that's happened in your relationship. And you know that you and the other person are in need of a beginning again in your relationship, but so far that's just not happening. And you're going to have to talk about it. You're going to have to make time in your relationship to talk about things, and maybe you're sitting here this morning thinking to yourself, I don't know what to say to fix things. Let me encourage you this morning to try these words. I'm sorry our relationship is like this. I'm sorry i hurt you. I'm sorry for what I've done. There's a strain between Jesus and Peter, one day when Jesus was gone and the disciples weren't sure if Jesus was going to come back, Jesus or Peter made a declaration and he said to six other disciples that were there with him, he said, Guys, I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to go back to, to what's familiar to me, to what I love. I'm going to go fishing. The six other guys said to, to Peter, He said, Well, we'll come with you. You see, when Jesus first called the disciples, Many of these guys have been fishermen by trade. That's, that's what they knew. That's what they loved. That's what was familiar to them. But after their, their last big catch of fish, Jesus told them, he said, from now on, I'm going to make you fishers of men and women and, and people. So you see, the, their choice here the situation to go back to fishing was, was actually a decision to change the direction that Jesus had provided for their lives. They wanted to go back to something that was familiar. And they thought that this would be an easy transition. They were starting to remember the good old days where they were sitting around together. They were eating fish together. They were enjoying. They were, they were laughing, but the good old days were never quite as easy and as good as they thought that they were. They had visions of sitting around together and, and eating fish and, and putting some extra money in their pockets from fish that they had sold them on the market, and it seemed like a good plan to them. But You see, the only problem was that it was not the plan that God had for their lives. And these guys, they, they got a boat and a net from somewhere, maybe borrowed it or, or even rented it, put all their money that they had in, in, into renting or, or buying this boat. But just because a boat's available doesn't mean it's from God. You hear what I'm saying? fact that they caught nothing all night it didn't cause them to give up because they figured if we put our money into this then, then we better keep on working for it so when the sun's rays came up the next morning they were still tired and they were still hungry and they were still broke and they heard a voice from the shore saying friends you don't have any fish do you imagine they probably thought well there goes our first customer that's just that's just great And they yelled back to the man, they said, no, no fish, it's it's been a pretty quiet night, haven't caught anything, not even a nibble. And Jesus yelled out to the man, he said, well, throw your nets to the other side of the boat. You'll find some there. So reluctantly, the men, they they took their nets, they threw them over to the right side of the boat, and the Bible says that their nets were so full of fish that they could hardly pull them into the boat. you see how close that we can be to a blessing? But if we choose to ignore the word of God, then we can miss it. It can be right there on the other side and we'll miss it. See, the, the fish are right there the whole time on the other side of the boat. And that desire that we want to see fulfilled at the end of this COVID-19 crisis may be far closer than we even think that it is. So don't stop saying that I'll do what God wants me to do. But instead, believe that God has this plan. And believe that this is going to be your year. You see, the disciples didn't know where Jesus was. But Jesus knew exactly where to find them. Not only did he know where to find them, but but he was preparing for their needs. And the Apostle John he immediately recognized Jesus and, and he shouted out, he said, It's him, it's the Lord, it's Jesus. And Peter, excited, he, he jumped into the water. He made his way to the shore to see Jesus, and he remembered it was just like this years before when Jesus had performed another miracle when they had caught nothing all night. Peter wanted to get to Jesus because he wanted to get rid of the strain that was in their relationship. And he wanted to begin things again. See, Peter knew that he missed the love that he once had and the love that he once knew for Jesus. And when he got to the shore, Peter discovered that Jesus had already had some fish prepared for them to eat. Not only that, but Jesus was cooking a meal for them. Even after the resurrection from the dead, Jesus chose the life of a servant. I've been so thrilled with Tim and and him being here at a church and just his his heart of a servant and and how he wants to serve people every chance that he gets and and he wants to share that with you. He he wants you to become a servant because that's what Jesus is doing here. He's, He's showing the disciples that there's things that are more important than fishing for fish. I want you to serve people and Jesus advised the disciples to come and sit down with him to Sit down around the fire and, and to eat a meal with him And as they sat there around the fire and, and they began to talk And I'm sure they, they were reminiscing of the good old days and the good times together The talking about old times would eventually lead up to those final days And it wasn't necessarily a time in their lives that they were proud of. It's not something that they really wanted to talk about because they weren't proud of their actions because they had all deserted him. And each one of them knew that they had failed him somewhat miserably in the end. But friends, do you know something? God always has a way of restoring us when we fail him. Amen. God never says to us, he never says, you dummy, you You stupid idiot, how could you have done such a thing? Instead, God desires for us to begin again in our relationship and in our walk with him. There's an old band, actually not that old, from my teenage days, and some of you may have recognized the name of this band, called Chumbawamba. They sang a song, and the lyrics of the song say, We get knocked down, but we get up again. We get up because God's hand is reaching out to us to to pull us up out of the muck and out of the mire that we're entangled in. And friends, God can turn our worst mistakes into opportunities for him. See, God has nothing but grace waiting for each one of you if you choose to come home to him. If you choose to call on the name of Jesus, no matter where you've been in your lives, no matter how badly you've messed up, He's there waiting for you with grace. Jesus didn't say to Peter in front of the other men, Peter, you really blew it with those three denials. All big talk, no action. Well, do you think you love me now, Peter? Instead, when we need to work something out with somebody in a broken relationship, the Christian way to do that is to go to that person in private talk to them privately about it to resolve the issue. See, Jesus could see Peter's desire and probably said to Peter, Peter, come on. Let's go for a walk. Let's go talk about some things. Let's go over here and sit on this rock together and just hash out some differences that we had and fix things. In John chapter 21 verse 15, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, you truly love me more than these. When Jesus said that to Peter, when he said more than these, what was he talking about? Is he pointing out the fish and the money and the things that could bring money to Peter's pockets to provide for his living? He's saying, Peter, do you love me more than the comforts and pleasures that this life can bring? referring to Peter's former career saying well I have to compete with your time because of how much you love your job leaving little time in your life for me my plan for you or is he referring to Peter's love in comparison to the other disciples because we heard earlier that, that Peter boasted about his commitment about how his commitment to Jesus was so much stronger than the other guy's said, if if they leave, Lord, I'll stay by your side. Even if they fall away, I'll be here no matter what. Peter, do you still think that you love me more than the other guys do? Is he referring to to Peter's love for his family and his closest friends? The truth is that nobody meant more to Peter than those six guys over there sitting around the fire. The Bible doesn't tell us exactly which one Jesus meant, or, or if he meant all of them. Part of the reason that is that Jesus is asking the same of us as we live in the midst of this COVID-19. And when Jesus says, Do you love me more than these? What is it in our lives that, that we love so much more that we dare not to lose for Jesus? What area is it in your in our lives that That we let God, I I know what your word says, but I just can't turn this area of my life over to you yet. I'm not ready. Is it a career? Is it a dream? A person? Our tongues, our, our money, our sexuality, our demand to continue to live our life as we want to live it. love me more than these, Jesus asked. And as long as we continue to hold on to that, there's going to be a break and a crack in our relationship to God. And Friends, what is that crack costing you today? Peter responded to Jesus. He he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And in that moment, I'm sure Peter probably expected Jesus to say back, "Then, then why did you do it? But instead, Jesus says to Peter, he said, Peter, feed my lambs. Jesus isn't talking about lambs here, but he's talking about people. He said, Peter, I've got a plan for your life. I want you to take care of people who are new in their relationship with me. They're new believers. And I imagine Peter is probably thrilled to hear Jesus say this. I have confidence in your ability as a leader. And Peter, I'm restoring you to your former position. Then Jesus asked Peter again. He says, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? Now, was it that Peter was was going to be used by God that that made him happy? Or was he in love with being in the limelight once again? Or was it truly Jesus that he loved? Seeing giving Peter a new beginning, a, a new chance. Jesus had to make sure that Peter had his priorities in order. And Peter was somewhat caught off guard by, by Jesus asking him a second time that, but he responded once again to Jesus. He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And with this second declaration of love came another responsibility for ministry. To see, if, if loving God, loving God is always going to evolve meeting the needs of other people in ministry. Jesus then told Peter, Peter, take care of my sheep. He says, Peter, when those lambs grow up to to get older, don't abandon them. He says, I expect you to be faithful with the passing of time. And God is telling us here today, right now, this morning, that he's not calling us for a short time service, but for a lifetime commitment for him. And then Jesus asked Peter a third time, he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Uh, this third time for Peter was just a little bit too much. And it, it, it hurt Peter inside for Jesus to question him a third time, do you love me? But Peter forgot that three times before he had openly declared before the world that he didn't even know who Jesus was. And as painful as this was, Jesus had presented him with three opportunities to boldly cross out those three earlier denials. Perhaps Jesus also asked this question to see if Peter could speak of his love for Christ even when he felt that Christ had hurt him deeply without cause. I mean, you guys are going to come up. It's easy to say that we love Jesus when he's giving us something but can we say that we love Jesus when we feel hurt by him? When we pray something Jesus, and it doesn't happen. He doesn't answer our prayers the way that we want them to. Or maybe when we lose someone that we love unexpectedly, do we still love Jesus, when we did all the right things, and, and things didn't seem to go our way, friends, it's in these times that we need to love Jesus Christ the most. And when, when we're hurting and we're not sure which way to go, in life, you see, Peter was still able to say, "Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you." But Jesus gave Peter a third ministry assignment. He said, "Peter, feed my sheep." You see, Peter let, Jesus was letting Peter know that there would be no end to the call of discipleship upon his life. And as the sheep aged, that Peter was to age in in his service to them, providing them with the teaching. In the Word of God. Jesus also revealed to Peter that not only did he have a plan for his life, but he even planned the way that Peter would die so many years later. See, if Jesus doesn't know our ending, then how can we fully trust him with our present? Friends, we're not born into this world to make a difference for God in some other era. We've been born to make a difference for God right here in 2020 in the midst of a worldwide pandemic called the coronavirus. The most important question that we still have to answer again and again and again is still, do you love me more than these? Each time we we say no, we'll drift farther and Farther from God. But each time we we say yes, we'll discover the purpose that God has for our lives this day. For Jesus tells us, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Friends, which commandments do you need the Holy Spirit's help with today to show your love? Are you brave enough to confess it and, and to invite God and, and leave the sin behind you or to ask God to help you love someone by receiving God's victorious grace? And the amazing thing here is that we really don't have anything to offer God. There's nothing that we could give God yet God chooses to love each and every one of us with an everlasting love We'll just accept it. If we were to ask God, what do you love? He'd say you. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we love you. Father, we thank you for loving us. Father, we thank you for... <clears throat> forgiving us. Lord, when we mess up, when we make mistakes, Father, when we turn our backs on you, Father, we thank you for your grace. Father, we thank you for your forgiveness. Father, help us as Christians to boldly proclaim your name to all those that need to hear it. Father, we're living in a time right now where where so many people are lost, but Father, so many people need to know you. Father, help us to be your disciples. Father, help us to learn from you to to serve people father help us to show your love through our actions father just just be with us today father as we leave here father I pray that you would walk with us as we we leave these doors this morning of the church father where things are nice and cozy and comfy father I pray that that your Holy Spirit would guide us when when things are hard when they get tough and, and we don't want to stand for you father Help us to remember the sacrifice that you gave for us of your son. Father, we love you. Lord, we thank you for, for all things that you can do for us, for blessing us so many times. Praise in Jesus' name.